Welcome to the podcast. My name is Bruce Mole from Commonwealth Magazine, and with me today is Jim Aloisi, a board member of Transit Matters and a former state secretary of transportation. Welcome, Jim. Thanks, Bruce. We're going to talk about the MBTA's push to revamp its automated fare collection process, allowing riders to pay with certain types of credit cards, smartphones, and redesigned Charlie cards. One key feature of the new system is that MBTA buses and trolleys will no longer accept cash on board, which has raised concerns in some quarters that people who don't have credit cards, smartphones, or charged-up Charlie cards could be left stranded. So, Jim, let's start with the proposal to end onboard cash payments. What's the thinking there? Uh, it's really smart thinking, and um, I, I'm really glad to see the T um, going forward with this initiative. If you go to, to sort of first-rate transit systems around the world and in this country, uh, you'll see that they do a lot of things to make the bus transit experience and light rail experience better ones. Lots of ways to do that. One way to do that is to have a fair payment system that is quote-unquote off-board. So you no longer have people using cash while boarding a bus or a green line. You can can use cash, but you have to use it off-board. So you you use it to buy your fare medium, and then you board the bus by simply taking that card, or in this case, it'll be a card, it could be your smartphone, it could might even be your credit card, and you just tap. You tap, and you tap not just at the front door. The beauty of this, because you're not allowing cash anymore, is you can open all doors of the bus, and there'll be validators at each entrance, so you tap wherever you get in, and you're good to go. And this, this will have the effect, it has been proven, of significantly uh, speeding up the boarding process, and therefore reducing what's known as dwell times, the time that that bus is sitting there idle. Yeah, I think uh, anyone who rides the T has experienced that where you might have a card and you're ready to just tap getting on, but there's someone struggling with the current machines to try and fit a crinkly dollar bill and yes. what have you into the system, and it spits it back out, and you, so everybody waits. And yes. so everything sits, stalls down. Um, the idea is you bang, bang, in, you're out, in, you're quickly in, then you're quickly yes. out. Time no longer stands still as you're waiting for the cash transaction or one of these paper transfer transactions where the paper jumps up and down. I mean, all of that is sort of old 20th century ways of doing business. And in this instance, the T, to its credit, is moving forward in a way that I think um, is is long overdue, fully appropriate, um, and needs to be embraced. So um, some publications, particularly The Globe, have written a a handful of stories sort of raising concerns about what if I'm a customer who doesn't have a smartphone, who doesn't have that credit card that would work for this, and needs that Charlie card, but maybe doesn't, you know, have it right now or doesn't typically have one, doesn't ride that often. What about them? Well, I think the the good news is... um, that I believe when this system is operational, it's going to provide much better options and opportunities and service quality for those people. So if you are using cash today, you can still use cash tomorrow. 
Um, if you don't have a smartphone, that's fine. You're going to have many, many options. You're going to have the option of using cash to get a fare card. You're going to have the option, of, if you have a smartphone, of using it. You're going to have the option, potentially, of having your credit card. You'll have more options. But those who are unbanked, is the term, uh, and who have to use cash will have, I think, more than double the number of fair vending machines or points of sale than they have today. So today, there are about 490-some-odd Charlie Card vending machines. Under the new proposal, that'll be well over 800. It'll be like 840 fair vending machines, plus uh, a whole um, group of retail outlets that will be specifically geared toward providing this service. And those retail outlets can be anything from CVS to a mom-and-pop store, and they don't even have to be technically retail. As I understand it, it could be the local library. It could be the local nonprofit. Uh, it could be the local senior center. So the, the places where someone can put money on their card uh, by using cash will be uh, probably more than double where, where they are today, and the opportunities, therefore, will be stronger. So if I'm an unbanked person, I've got, a, I've got options, but I, I've got to do a little planning ahead. I mean, I just can't expect to show up, hop on the and train and expect to go on. No, nobody can. Even, I mean, if you have a smartphone and you leave it at home, you can't. <laughs> Everybody has to plan ahead. Um, what the T is doing in this uh, initiative, in my view, is it's making it as easy as possible for that person to have a convenient option. And so just for, the, for bus as an example, um, the T has, has done a survey, and it thinks that about, this is self-reporting, about 4% of all riders um, don't have access to a credit card, a debit card, or a smartphone. And of that 4%, 7.5% are bus primarily using the bus. What that means in actual numbers, I, I don't know, but... It's a, it's a significant enough uh, group of people that we obviously have to make sure that we're not leaving anybody behind. Uh, for those people, as I say, they will have the benefit of many, many more places to have this transaction. What the T has structured is very interesting. The RFP, uh, which is very detailed, um, sets out a, a, a sort of layered approach to uh, making sure that everyone has access in a convenient way to uh, uh, getting their fair card dispensed. They have what they call a coverage uh, uh, metric and a queuing metric. The coverage metric basically says you have to, for, to the vendor, you have to have a fair machine or you have to have a retail availability within X walking distance of a bus stop. So. 95% uh, of all bus stops will, be, will have a way to reach a fair vending machine or other point of sale within 1,000 feet. So that's the first thing they do. The second thing, and then some of them are, the metrics are even stronger. So if you're on uh, commuter rail zone 1A, which is basically includes the Fairmount line, or if you're on the Silver Line bus, the 1 or the 4 or the 5, um, which go through many different communities, but also, but really a lot of folks who are probably using cash are using those systems. If you're on the Silver Line 4 or 5, there has to be a fair vending machine within 500 feet of every bus stop. 
So they've got those metrics there. Then they've got a queuing metric. The queuing metric means that you there is a limit to how long you will be able to wait to have your transaction. So the queuing metric is meant to have enough uh, fair vending machines in place so that 80% of the people who are doing these cash transactions or any transaction um, will have a minute or less wait and 95% will have a two-minute or less wait. So when you combine the coverage metric and the queuing metric, it seems to me they've pretty much uh, done everything they can to increase significantly the access that people will have to a fair medium. And then keep in mind, once once you have that access, the process of boarding the bus now is going to be so much faster in San Francisco, when they began what's called all-door boarding, which this is now going to allow in Boston, they improved uh, dwell times by 40%. So the person who's relying on transit by necessity, not of choice, because that person needs to get to work or to school or whatever, uh, is not only going to have more access to uh, the fare medium, but they're, they're going to get a better ride. And there's one other aspect. Right now, if you go in and pay cash and you get the little paper Charlie card, Mm -hmm. you pay a higher rate than you do if you have the plastic card. Yes. Um, So this will dispense with that discrepancy, This is going to dispense with that. It's going to dispense with the the paper. It's also going to give people a little bit of a break so that if you you say you have your card and you put cash in and you put X amount on it because that's all you can afford. And so you show up one morning, and that X amount that's left on your card isn't quite enough for you to complete the ride that you want to take. The system's going to allow you to take the ride. It's not going to penalize you for it. It's going to go negative on the card, so the card will, will have a negative balance on it that you will have to correct the next time you, you top it off. But the system won't penalize you for that. The system will give you a little bit of leeway in that instance so that if you say the ride costs $2.50, whatever that ride might be, and you've got $2 on your card, you can take that ride without penalty. It'll go negative 50 cents, and then you, you top it off later. So there are a lot of things baked into this process that I find are geared toward fairness and geared toward access. And so I, my message, and I've, there's, there aren't that many people in the city who are uh, um, as... Um, mindful of this issue as I have been because I've seen it and I'm aware of the concerns about equity. But I think that when you understand what the uh, RFP says and when you see how the T has has laid out these various elements of protection, uh, you'll find that that access, I think, is going to improve. Equity is going to actually improve. And um, the reliability of the service is going to improve for everybody. So um, I have a little personal experience with this <laughs> approach because I uh, my son is studying abroad this semester. So I went over and met him um, in, a, in a mutually agreeable spot in London recently. Mm-hmm. And um, so they have a, a pretty, a very extensive uh, transit system. Yes. And they also have uh, a similar type approach. You can use um, certain types of credit cards. You can get a... Uh, what they call an oyster card instead of a Charlie card. Um, And I didn't find it to be a problem at all. Now, I was primarily riding the subway, 
uh, and you go in and you put your money in and you, you add money to the card or whatever you need to do. Um, but I did, have, uh, I did have some questions that arose from that. Uh, so as a traveler, now this may yes. be different if you're living there, but as a traveler I came in and I was, had read, you, you go right to this desk to buy a, a train ticket into London into from London. the airport. Yes. And there you can get the Oyster card and you pay five pounds for it in London. Um, how you, uh, what's your understanding? How, how will uh, someone say, let's take residents and visitors? Uh, so, a resident, they could, at any of these vending machines, they can get a plastic card? You get a card, yes, they'll be full service. Most of the machines will be full service machines. There'll be some machines that will be sort of less than that, but they'll all, that they'll be clearly designated. And I'm sure there'll be other places where you can purchase the card. I think most people are going to end up using their smartphone or uh, or a validated credit card. If there's a credit card company, you know, American Express, Visa, whoever, if they wanted to have a card issued where the chip is designed so that it basically is enabled on the T, that can happen as well. Um, but certainly I would suspect that a large number of people uh, who have smartphones um, will be using the smartphone. So if you fly uh, much, you know that you can download your boarding pass on your smartphone. Most people now, or many people, are doing that. And all, so you don't have any paper or card. You just tap the smartphone and you put it on the device at, in the, at the airport and off you go. It'll be the same approach that the T is allowing. So I think this is, to, to, to underscore this point, if you think about more and more people probably using smartphone, that means that the number of people who have to access a fair vending machine is going to be reduced because you can top off right. your smartphone through a mobile app or through a website. You don't have to see a vending machine at all. And so um, if you think about people who don't have a smartphone or for whatever reason choose not to use it, having access to these almost double more machines, uh, it's pretty clear, I think, that it's going to be very easy for people to have that access because not ev it will not be 100% of us now looking for a Charlie card substitute. There'll be some large percent of us who's using a smartphone. And the smartphone, sort of get all nerdy about it, but you would... Uh, would it be like the commuter rail app? You 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 download some app. And There'll then, be an app. I, I yeah. don't think it, I'm not sure if it will mimic the commuter rail app right. or not. But it will be a downloaded app, and it'll be there for your use. And you can, the way I understand it, is you can go online or you can use the app to yeah. to just tie into your bank account and put the money in that you want. But to your point uh, earlier, yeah, if you go to London, I've spent some time in London. I've spent some time in the Netherlands the past couple of years on business, and they have something they call a chip cart, which is basically, I guess, Dutch for a card with a chip in it. <laughs> um, and you buy it as soon as you get out, out of the airport, the train terminals there, you buy the chip cart. And it, you go everywhere you want in the Netherlands, not just in Amsterdam, anywhere. On any tram, on any light rail, on any bus, that chip card you tap in. Now, they have a tap in, tap out. I don't think we're going to do tap out. That's my understanding. But you just tap and you're in. And it couldn't be easier. And so from a, from a visitor's perspective, tourist perspective, or business visitor, it's completely intuitive. There's nothing com complicated about it. Yeah. And I think people will find that to be true here as well. I think... Um 
I, I don't think there's been a final decision, but I think they are thinking about having tap out too. And just for listeners, you would tap in like you do currently with the T, you get in. But right now when, when you do that, then the T has no idea where you really go or how long your ride is. And I've heard them talking about they'd like a tap out because then they could not only learn more about how people are using Origin the Origin and destination. But yeah. if, if they go to a... Um, a different fare, you know, how they set fares, you know, it might be like if you're going an enormous distance, you're going to pay more. Right now you can, you know, you could go from Braintree to Reservoir to Riverside on the Green Line and pay the same as if you went one stop. Um, So they are thinking about that. Um, But I guess what I'm hearing you say is you don't really need this Charlie card if if you have a, a... the right type of credit card or uh, your, your cell phone that most people yeah. have today. If, if you have a cell phone, it's it's high. I, it's highly unlikely that a, a person with a smartphone uh, is going to want to have an additional card on them because it'll all be there on their phone. And, you know, people, if you have Apple Pay, if you are using this for downloading your your airlines or your Amtrak, I mean. Increasingly, the world in which we live, I think, makes this a much different environment, and that's what that's what this initiative is responding to. It's like I, I hesitate to say that we're embracing innovation because we're kind of being sluggish about it. Other places have done this well before us, but putting that aside, we are embracing the best that technology offers at the moment. New York is doing this as on a parallel track, no pun intended. Um, and um, and so I think the, the 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 to underscore what I think is the best and most important feature of this, it's allowing buses to be boarded at all doors. That is going to be a transformative. Ex- they just did um, a, a pilot of how that would work on the Silver Line. It was very successful. It speeded up the ride. It will speed up. And as I said earlier, the Muni experience in San Francisco pretty clearly showed the benefits of this. And so that's the beginning of what I would hope would be um, a series of steps, all door boarding being the first, dedicated lanes, and then transit signal priority, which turns every bus into a much, much faster, more reliable bus, uh, as close to bus rapid transit as you can get without some of the additional features of bus rapid transit. For, For this investment to work, those other components uh, really need to come together. And we know that there are communities in greater Boston that are now seriously exploring dedicated lanes, in part thanks to some support given by the Bar Foundation, but also because, you know, municipal leaders like the folks in Everett have decided, let's take a look at this and make it work. Uh, One other thing that's sort of exciting about it is, um, so right now if you use the commuter rail, you, you... Pay in one fashion. Mm-hmm. If you use the T, um, I'm, I'm saying the subways, the right. buses, you use a different fashion. The hope with this is that that same smartphone app or whatever will be, you can use it everywhere. Totally seamless. Totally the, seamless. And, the, and it could be, I think they've raised this, could be extended to all sorts of other, um, other options, like not just transit, mm-hmm. I think, because this is a system that is basically a way to collect payment and and remit it to the proper Correct. place. So even a private sector company that wants to get involved with this, if people want to simplify 
the amount of cards and what have you they have to carry. I'm I'm not I'm blanking a little bit about what it would be, but it could be anything. Well, you could you could probably tag on to I think they needed. I'm not a technologist, so people would have to figure out the security elements of that. But I would imagine one might think about uh, parking uh, at MBTA commuter rail stations or at Logan Airport. Those kinds of transportation connected um, payments yeah. might very well end up getting integrated into this. And so you basically, the whole point of the technology is to streamline your life, right? And to make it easier, not harder. And as I have said repeatedly, we understand that we can't leave anybody behind and there will always be those who, for whatever reason, it could be age, it could be income, it could be, it could be uh, any reason, um, are not going to be able to use the smartphone the way many others are. We can't leave those folks behind. We've got to give them equal treatment. We've got to give them really good access. That's what I'm convinced, having read it, and it's pretty detailed reading. Um, having read the RFP and what's being required here, I think we'll do that. And um, again, going back to the Netherlands and chip card, that one card uh, gets you on it. So it's like commuter rail here versus subway. Didn't matter where I was or what mode I was taking. It could have been a bus. It could have been a tram. It could have been a light rail. It could have been in Amsterdam. It could have been in Harlem. It didn't matter. I just tap it in. And so that element of convenience uh, really, I think, is where we need to be. We're in this environment where transit is competing. It's competing with Uber and Lyft. It's competing with the, this nebulous future of autonomous vans. Um, and sadly, it's competing with people still driving. But we know that we're choking in congestion. We need to find ways to increase ridership and to keep ridership. Doing this kind of thing is what will do that because you're both making it easier for people to pay and you're also going to improve their rider experience at the same time. Makes sense. The card in the Netherlands, is that tied to a credit card that you have? Um, yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm trying to remember how I – I'm sure I put a credit card down at the train station and got it. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, but then but, it's easy but, to top off. And you, you know. could get that out of a machine? Um, you, the card that I got, you, we, I got at, the, at, at a desk at the station, but I'm a, I'm a visitor. So I don't – in term, if you're there as a resident, I'm assuming that there are many options for you. You know, that's interesting because the same thing happened with me in London. Yeah. You, you, a person had to give me the card. And then when I was done at the end of my mm -hmm. trip, I didn't really want the card. <laughs> and, but you can return it to the guy. Yes. And he gives you a refund of, what, of what's a left of the five on. pounds yeah. that, and, and whatever else was on it, which I thought was astounding given that everybody's trying to move toward, you know, a system that's totally automated. Right. Um, I know. But, um, but it seemed to it seemed to work. I, I wasn't in a huge line. It would, went fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so well, yeah, and I think if, the company that's been selected to do this, Cubic, is also doing this in New York, and I think they did London, the Oyster Card. So um, they've got a lot of experience. And and the good news for 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 Boston for the T is that we'll hopefully be the beneficiary of. Of, you, you not know, being the of first, not being a pioneer here, yeah. and that'll that'll bode well for the system. 
Well, uh, Jim, thanks very much. Thank you, Bruce. And I want to reach out to everybody to tell that there's a special treat this week because Jim has also written an article about this subject, and you can go to Commonwealth's website to check that out. Um, As always, subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. See you next week. Thanks. I was a highwayman.